Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And it is finally here. It is the NFL draft. It is tomorrow night. You know, the anticip- the, a lot of anticipation, you know, a lot of hype. You know, it's, it's obviously a really, a really exciting night. It always is. And uh, I'm really excited for it. I, and I know Justin is too. Our producer, Jace, is as well. So we'll get right into it. And we'll get to the first two picks. And the first two picks are pretty obvious. And obviously the first one is very obvious as we know the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. That's been decided since December. So after the Jets beat the Rams, we all knew that uh, Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jaguars. We all, we all knew that was, that, that was an obvious one. Uh, and then for the Jets, right when the Jets traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers, we kind of knew where they were going there. And that was with, with, uh, with Zach Wilson. I mean, I, and, and, uh, I think Zach Wilson could be a really good quarterback in this league. I think he's got a lot of good mobility. And the one thing I really like about Zach Wilson is, 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 uh, his, his accuracy under pressure. That is a huge thing. You got to be successful for, for, you have to be do well in today's NFL. And he is really, really good under pressure. So I, that's what I really like about Zach Wilson. He's noble. He's athletic. He's good under pressure. The only issue with Zach Wilson is his, 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 his uh, he did not face top competition when he was at BYU and he did struggle a little bit in that coastal Carolina game. So, my first two picks in my mock draft, pretty obvious, are number one, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville, and number two, Zach Wilson going to the Jets. Justin, your thoughts, and who do you got one and two? Yeah, I'm with you. Trevor Lawrence and um, Zach Wilson go one and two. Trevor Lawrence, yeah, it's the obvious pick. It's one of the best generational um, quarterbacks that we've seen going into the draft the last few, you know, right up there with like Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, he's a generational talent. He showed a little bit in that Ohio State game against pressure. You kind of see, you kind of rust a little bit. Again, he, you know, was not used to a lot of pressure. He's going to have to get used to it this year in Jacksonville, but obviously he's, he's going to be a top quarterback, I think, in this league. Good pick for, well, be a good pick for the Jaguars. Um, Zach Wilson, you know, I know me and Jace are talking about him, you know, right before you came on, Steve, a few minutes ago. And, um, you know, we're both talking, you know, that, Kind of, he's kind of third on the draft board. I, you know, I big Justin Fields fan. You know, in the red zone the last two years, he's 23 touchdowns and so no interceptions. He's been sensational in the red zone. He's got mobility. He's got a great arm. Yeah, he did struggle in that coastal game. Um, the thing about him too is he doesn't have these top wide receivers too that you know, that, you know that Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields don't throw to. You know, um, he showed a little. Yeah, he showed a little bit. Um, Showed a little bit in that coastal game, kind of um, guys are coming at him. He was accurate, but um, he's got a deep ball accuracy. So those, you know, I, I still think it's a pretty good pick for the New York Jets. It sounds like he's talked to Mark Sanchez and a couple other Jets quarterbacks to kind of 
figure out the way to land in, in um, New York so far. So he's starting to do his homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens there. With but but we we know it's pretty obvious that the top two picks are going to be Trevor Lawrence and and uh, Zach Wilson. But the draft begins at number three, and this is the very this is where it's been very interesting this week. As the Niners said, they haven't made up their mind who they're going to take yet. But come on, if you're going to trade up from twelve to three and give up two first round picks, you know who you're taking. And uh, it was a very it was very tough for me to figure out what they were going to do. I mean. Last week, I thought the pick was going to be Trey Lance. But where I changed my mind was on Monday. And on Monday, Kyle Shanahan says, we want to take a starting quarterback. And in my opinion, Trey Lance is not ready to be a starting quarterback yet. He's only had one year of experience starting in college. Mac Jones has had a – yes, he's only had one year of experience. But he's, he's, he, is a, he is a college senior. He has been he's, – he's, he had a great senior year for the 49ers. And with the third pick in my mock draft – I, I don't like this. I don't I don't I, I think they should have taken Justin Fields or Trey Lance, but I got the 49ers taking Mac Jones. Yeah, um I got Mac Jones too. Um he's very accurate. Look, you know, he had some great wide receivers last year at Alabama. Um, but I still thought he played very, very well. Look, he fits Kyle Shannon's offense. I know he's not the most mobile guy in the world, but he fits that offense. He wants guys that are very accurate, um, good timing. Yeah, he's not after he's an old school, he's a pocket passer, but I think it's you know, he's probably yeah, for me, he's probably the fifth quarterback on my draft board, but I think you know, it, he fits Kyle Shan- Kyle Shannon's offense and there's a reason why I trade up for him. Yeah, Trey Lance and, and you know needs probably needs a year or so. I do think it's gonna be Mac Jones that's gonna go number three. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, very similar to Matt Ryan, and we know the success that Kyle Shanahan had with Matt Ryan in 2016 when he was the offensive coordinator of the of the, uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. They got to the Super Bowl. So, But I just think in this day and age, it's very hard to win with a quarterback like Mac Jones. He has to be really, really good at the line of scrimmage to win with Mac Jones. I know a lot of people say, oh, the Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl, but they won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, who's unbelievable at the line of scrimmage. No rookie is going to come into this league and be even close to as good as Tom Brady is at the line of scrimmage. So... I think, you know, Mac Jones has to be really, really good at the line of scrimmage to succeed in this league because even the best offensive lines, uh, even with the best off, if you have the best offensive line in this league in today's NFL, you're going to face pressure. And he's going to have to face pressure. He's going to have to face Aaron Donald. He's going to have to face Chandler Jones. He's got to face him right away because the 49ers, what reports say, the 49ers are going to be trading Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's going to have to face those guys right away the Chandler Jones, the Aaron Donalds, the, uh, the, uh, uh, JJ Watts. He's got to face them right away. So, He's going to be thrown thrown into the fire, and this is to me. I would have taken. I would have taken either. I would have stuck with Jimmy G this year and taken Trey Lance, or drafted Justin Fields and played him this year. I would not have taken Mac Jones, but seeing what the 49ers are going to do, I think they're taking Mac Jones, and and, and obviously you agree with me too. At number four is the Atlanta Falcons, and here's and this is interesting too because they could go they can go a lot of ways here. They could either trade the pick, they could take a quarterback, or they could take a guy that could help their team this year. And uh, sitting at four, they, they, I don't think they should take a quarterback because I don't think they should have a, another quarterback on the roster with Matt Ryan. Trading the pick, uh, if they could get a, if they could get a lot of, get a lot of, a couple like if they can get a lot of value for it, they could do it. But I've been hearing they've been picky. So with the number four overall pick, I got the Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts out of Florida, and Kyle Pitts is the best non-quarterback in this draft class. The guy's got that's got speed. He, he 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 he's got great hands. He he's, he's a miss. He's a matchup nightmare. Linebackers can't cover him. Safeties can't cover him. 
this is a guarantee I'm making. This guy will be a top four tight end this year. He will be a top four tight end with Darren Waller, with Travis Kelsey, with Darren Waller, with Travis Kelsey, and with George Kittle. This guy will be a top four tight end this year in the league. And I think he has potential to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL in two to three years. I think this guy is this good. And that's why I got the Atlanta Falcons taking him with the number four overall pick. Same same thing. I love Kyle Pitts. I'm with you. I think, yeah, the best non-quarter, non-positional quarterback out there in this draft. He's a wide receiver playing tight end at 6'6". He's got to improve the blocking a bit. He's not great in that aspect, but I, I think that will come. Um, you know, but you can throw him all over the field. He can play out, you know, he can go play out um, outside. He can kind of, um, you know, off, off the line of scrimmage. You play on line of scrimmage. Boyd did some unique things with him, and he's a great red zone target. So I, I think Kyle Pitts would be a great pick to help add another weapon to this offense. Um, yeah, they could probably go deep. You know, they yeah they could do a lot of things. They you know they could go get some defensive help. But I think a guy like Kyle Pitts on the board, you don't see tight ends that are top five picks like this. And I don't think you can let let this one slip away. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can't when you have a Kyle Pitts sitting there. You got to take him. You got to take him. I know you need defense, but. There's, there's there's no no more of a sure – outside of Trevor Lawrence, there's no more of a sure thing in this draft than Kyle Pitts. So if Atlanta's at, at four, Atlanta has got to take him there. With the number five overall pick with the Cincinnati Bengals, it's really between two players for me. It was between Jamar Chase and it was between Penny Sewell and Kyle Pitts if he was there. But seeing what happened last year to Joe Burrow, seeing him get carted off that field, I know they got Riley Reef in free agency, but I just cannot see at all them not trying to protect Joe Burrow. They need to protect Joe Burrow. He was their number one pick. They got to protect him. Penny Sewell is the best offensive tackle in this draft. And that's why I got the Bengals taking Penny Sewell with the number five pick. Justin, what do you think? And who do you got the Bengals taking at five? Me, I got Penny Sewell as well. I was yeah going between him and Jamar Chase. But yeah, you know, if you can't protect your your um, franchise quarterback, how is he going to be able to get, that, get the ball downfield? He's going to be able to, you know, so, yeah, we saw the unfortunate injury. They need to bulk up that offensive line, especially in that division with the, with the Steelers' defense and the Browns' defense and even then the Ravens' defense. All You know, all those defenses are really, really good. He's going to need protection. I think you've got to go Penny Sewell. I think they have enough weapons for now. And I think the wide receiver class, class is so deep that they can go get one in the later rounds or, you know, like a second, third round pick if they really wanted to. So, I think you got to get Penny Sewell. He's got to get a little bit meaner. Um, and because it's one of the things is he doesn't dominate. He'll kind of just throw you around a little bit. He's got to be dominant, especially in that focus. He's going to face a lot of guys that are going to be on his level or better than him, you know, on the defensive side. So something he's got to improve on. But I think best offensive line in this class. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and obviously the Bengals need to improve that offensive line it was one of the worst in football. It's been one of the worst in football for the last couple of years. And we, 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 our first five picks have all been the same. Yeah. We'll see what happens at number six. And with the number six pick is the Miami Dolphins. And I think a big reason why the Dolphins move up, moved up to the spot is they wanted to get a Jamar Chase. They, because they, originally they were at the number three spot. They traded down to the number 12 spot. Then they went back up to the number six spot. But I think they got to this spot because they wanted a weapon for Tua. So I think for me it was between Jamar Chase Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Pitts, if he was there, Pitts is off the board. I don't think that Waddle and Smith are as good as Chase. 
So with the number six pick, I got the Miami Dolphins selecting Jamar Chase out of LSU. I know he opted out last year, but I know this guy's only six feet, but he plays, you know, bigger than he, he wouldn't know he's six feet because he plays like he's six two or six three. He, he's great at getting contested catches. He's he, yes, his speed, he doesn't have elite speed, but he has good enough speed. Pretty good route runner, uh, and and in my opinion, he's the most complete receiver in this draft. I think that. Uh, Devontae Smith's a really good route runner. I think Jalen uh, uh, Wild is the most explosive, but I think this is the most complete receiver in the draft, and that is why with the number six overall pick, I got the Dolphins getting a weapon for Tua. I got the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase out of LSU. Justin, what are your thoughts, and who do you got? Yeah, yet again, we got the same guy, Jamar Chase. <laughs> so I swear, yeah, we didn't, not, we didn't you know, talk we didn't about each other. We did, not talk, we did not talk for the draft no. before we did this. No, no, no. No, so – uh, just hitting on hitting, um, but yeah, it, I he, you know I think I'm with you. I think he's the most complete wide receiver in this draft. He's you know yeah he doesn't have the top end speed, but he's great at creating separation. But you can do that. You don't need the um, you know you don't need to have elite speed. Adding this guy for two is gonna be a big help. Um, lack of experience because he really only played one year, but I don't think that's really gonna matter. It may take him a little bit to kind of get going again. It'll be two years week one when you know playing his first game, but. I think he's a more complete receiver. I think he could be have a really good career. Gives to another wide receiver because, you know, outside of Parker, they don't have much. They really need a number one guy. I think Jamar Chase will bring that to the Dolphins. I think he definitely will. And that would be nice. That if, if everybody could stay healthy with Parker, Chase, and Fuller, that could be a really good receiving core for Tua. You better watch out as a Patriot fan. Their third best receiver is still better than your better than your best receiver. So you better watch out if that's a bad fan. Yeah, they're top three receivers probably. Yeah, yeah. Will Fuller's probably better than Nelson Aguilar. So yeah, they're top three. And Jacoby Myers, their top three receivers are better than your best receiver. So if they get Jamar Chase, you better watch out. That's gonna be a really good receiving core down in Miami. So can we let's see if we disagree here. With the number seven overall pick, that's the Detroit Lions. There's a lot of talk about them trading this pick. But I think they, they can't find another team to trade with. I think it's a little bit too high. So I think they keep this pick. And with this pick, I've heard they're trying to stay away from wide receivers. But I just think this wide receiver is too tough to stay away from. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. And they have a huge need at wide receiver. Them losing Kenny Galladay. With them with them, uh, with yeah, them losing Kevin, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. I think they got a big need at receiver. And I think with the number seven overall pick, the Detroit Lions take Devontae Smith out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, yes, his size, you know, playing at 170 could be an it could be an issue. Definitely, it definitely could be an issue. But this guy has got great hands and he's a great route runner. And and yes, his size is a little bit is a little bit of an issue. But I still think this guy is going to be a top receiver in the NFL for years to come. And Detroit desperately needs a receiver. So with the number seven overall pick, I got the Lions taking uh, Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Justin, what are your thoughts and who do you got? All right, so we finally disagreed on one. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But Devontae Smith, yeah, I like this guy. You know, yeah, his size, you know, his size is a question mark, but I don't think it matters. I think he, this guy plays with an edge. Um, to come to Detroit, you know, a team that's got a lot of proof in the, you know, the coach too there now, um, really wants to kind of build a, a good culture there. I think adding a guy like Devontae Smith would be great in that locker room. Um, it, this, you know, his playmaking ability is off the charts, um, just blew by everybody though. The thing is never, you know, I think you talk about with all these album receivers, they never face press coverage. So we'll see what kind of happens to them. Um, he struggles blocking, but that's going to probably happen at its size. 
Um, but I think it would be a really nice pick for the Detroit Lions where they could pretty much go anywhere. I think that would be a nice start. For me, I have Detroit trading this pick back to Denver, and I have Denver taking uh, Trey Lance with this pick. I, I'm i a huge – you know, I really like Drew Locke coming out of the draft. That does not pan out well. Um, I think they need to find somebody else, and, you know, he may need some time here. He's very athletic. I love – um, Trey Lance's accuracy. Um, yes, he played at the FCS level, but again, I think, you know, he didn't have top of the end wide receivers. I really like the way he played. Um, I think he could be a nice addition to this Denver offense because I think they can do some things with him with his, with his athleticism. I think they can kind of get him out and run, um, do some option stuff with him. So I think this would be a nice pick for Denver. So I, I have them trading back. Uh, I Detroit trading back um, with Denver for that pick. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's definitely interesting there because you know maybe Detroit, or maybe Denver wants to get out of the Patriots if they're interested in getting a, if, if they want if they want to trade up to get a quarterback. So I, I could I could see that happening. And yeah, Trey Lance is a guy that I think this, Detroit would be a good you know situation. Denver, uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he, it would be a tough situation because he'd be competing with Drew Locke. He'd have to get on the field. Uh, uh, for, uh, on day one, that, that would be a tough situation for him to, uh, having to play again on the field. I think Trey Lance, the guy that needs to sit a year, he's only had one year of college experience, but the upside is there with Trey Lance. I mean, he, he's got the arm, he's got the mobility, accuracy is a little bit of an issue, but he's he definitely has upside that if it, if he pans out, he could be a really, really good player in this league. Yeah, 100%. Um, definitely upside there. Yeah, the one experience, you know, yeah, definitely the experience is not there. And he, yeah, he played one game in the fall. And I watched a little bit. He wasn't great, but again, I don't know. I they didn't have a ton of practice. You know, it was kind of one of those weird things. But yeah, you know, I saw him make that run last year in the FCS playoffs. Um, I, I loved everything about him. North Dakota State's produced, you know, some some NFL guys over the years. It you know he brings a winning culture with him. And, you know, North North Dakota State has been dominant at the FCS level. So I, I definitely think he can bring that to that team. Oh, and you sure know that because you watch, you and Jace probably watch a lot of FCS football. I didn't this spring. I'll be honest. I have not watched a ton of FCS football this spring. Yeah, I but in the, fall, in, in the fall, you've watched a lot of FCS, you watch a lot of FCS football. You watch a lot oh, of yeah, football. Yeah, so yeah. You would know, you've know you known a lot about Trey Lance for a while. And, yeah, I can definitely see the Broncos trading up to make this pick with Detroit. And Detroit obviously wants to trade down because they want some extra picks because they are in a rebuild right now. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I think Detroit just needs them. They, they, you know, yeah, they can pretty much go anywhere too. And that's why I did it because they, there's so many holes in that team that they could afford dropping back a few picks and getting me, you know, an extra one or two. Just yeah, because they have so many holes right now, and it, it's going to be a long rebuild process. Absolutely, absolutely. So with the number eight pick, and a lot of our listeners are going to like this. Uh, I got the Carolina Panthers trading down. I think they can guess what team I have them trading tra- uh, trading with. I got them trading with the New England Patriots, and I got the New England Patriots getting Justin Fields. And I think this organization, you know, I think they're starting to realize that, you know, they, you need to have a mobile quarterback to be successful in the NFL today. And I think Justin Fields, if he can go to New England, it could be really, really good for his future. I think that uh, he's, he's a quarterback with a big arm. He makes good decisions. Stop talking about decision making because he makes good decisions. Uh, he's pretty good at the line of scrimmage. Stop talking about what he is at the line of scrimmage because he's good at the line of scrimmage. The only issue with Justin Fields is he, he doesn't get to his second read quick enough at times. 
but that definitely could be fixed with a good coaching staff in New England. I think this guy is going to be a really, really good player for the Patriots, and that's why I've been hearing rumors the Patriots want to trade up into the top ten to get him. I think that the, that the Patriots make their move and they get Justin Fields with the number with, with that number eight pick. I think he'd be a really, really good fit in New England, and I think if New England gets him, they're right back on track to being in playoff contention and probably contending for Super Bowls in the next two to three years. Justin, your thoughts, because I know you're going to have some, and who do you got at number eight? I love that pick. I, I Yeah, I love Justin Fields. That's the quarterback I want. Um, obviously, I would love Trevor Lawrence if he was available, but he's not. So I'll, I'll take Justin Fields. I Yeah, the one thing is the progressions, and I, I think that could be fixed with Josh McDaniels. I think that could be fixed being the same locker room at Cam Newman. Um, you know, obviously, he's going to have to make – those 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 reads in the NFL, you know, because they just don't have a number one wide receiver right now at the moment that can just dominate. Um, so yeah, I think if he can get that, I I love the edge that he plays with too. I think this guy wants to be a winner. This guy wants to take, you know, and you saw in that Clemson game the the hit he took the, took to his ribs. This guy wants to win at any cost to the team. I think you know that fits New England and Justin Fields is he's the guy I want coming to New England. Um, that, that would be, I'd be very excited for that. I don't know the last time I've been excited. If it's him, I don't know the last time I've been excited so much for a first round pick in New England. Um, it's been a while, but I do have Carolina keeping the pick and I have him going offensive line here. I have him getting Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Um, obviously I know they just got Sam Darnold. They could go defense yet again. Um, I know they did that a lot last year, but I think, if you if it's Sam Darnold or maybe even Teddy Bridgewater out there, I think you need a guy to protect him. He's physical. He can get to the, to the um, second level. He struggles though with interior um, rushers. He struggles with that a little bit. But um, you know his arm length too is a little bit of a. It, it's a, he's got a smaller arm length, which could be um, a little bit of an issue. But I really like him. Coming from Northwestern, I love the program that Pat Fitzgerald built. I think it'll be a good fit down with Matt Rule in Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. He did sit last year, but I think he's still going to be a pretty good player. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I do too. I, I think he can be a really good line. Northwestern linemen, you know, often the linemen have been really good. Again, I know they haven't had a ton of draft picks, but I like the way they developed them down there um, out in Evanston, Illinois. So I, I think he'd be a really good off, um, offensive lineman lineman in this league yes yes i agree with you there with the number nine pick you obviously have the lions and i got the broncos because because you have the you have the lions trading down i got the, i got the you and you have the broncos trading up with them but oh, i got the broncos with this pick and i i, I it's it's so it's you get, you get mixed signals from george payton and what they're going to do with the quarterback position but i think the broncos are going to draft the quarterback and i got them taking the same quarterback you you got them taking i got them taking trey lance out of uh north dakota state i think he's going to compete with the job with Drew Locke, the only issue, and I said it when you took when you when when you had him going number seven with Trey Lance going here, is he's probably going to be forced to get on the field really really early, and I think that could be trouble, especially in a division where you got to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and you got to keep up with Justin Herbert and even Derek Carr. So I think that could turn out that that could be trouble for Trey Lance going here. But I just think the Broncos are desperate for a franchise quarterback. They haven't had one since since they got rid of Peyton Manning. You've seen the quarterbacks they've had to go through since Peyton Manning. You know. Uh, Brock Osweiler, uh, no, no, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, uh, Case Keenum, uh, jo J J Joe Flacco out of his prime. Uh, Drew Locke now is looking like he's not the guy. So I think with the number nine pick, I think George Payton in his first year as GM takes a quarterback and he takes Trey Lance with this pick. Justin, your thoughts? Actually, you, you were you you said they were going to take him. 
And who do you got at number nine? Yeah, so Trey Lance, Denver, I'll just, yeah, keep it short. Um, yeah, you know, with Drew Locke, with the struggles, yeah, in that division, you got to be able to score 25, 30 plus. In the, um, you you got to score 25, 30 points, uh, you know, every given Sunday in that division. So I think, yeah, I think you give them a year or two to kind of, yeah, hey, look, I think it's going to take them a year to really kind of get going in this league. I think, yeah, he needs some time to kind of develop. But I think once he can, with the offensive weapons that they have right now, um, I, I think he can be able to put up some points in this league. So I think you give him a year or two to kind of learn the offense and get used to the NFL. I think it, you, he will be a good quarterback in, in the NFL. Um, so, yes, I traded this one. So this is now Detroit's pick. And I do have him getting Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Um, great speed. The injuries are a question. We saw him with the broken ankle um, last year, but he's a guy that can play in special teams. Um, you know, he's great at changing directions. The size, yes, is a little bit of an issue, but I think he'll be able to avoid that as long as he can stay healthy. Um, I, I think he could be a really nice pick for Detroit. And again, coming from Alabama, you bring the winning culture, you bring that kind of toughness. I think it would be good in that locker room. So, I got the, the Lions getting Jalen Waddled. We got three NFC East teams in a row now. We're going to start with the Cowboys at number 10. And I think it's pretty obvious what the Cowboys are going to do here. It's been pretty obvious for a while. Yes, there was Jerry wants to trade off for Kyle Pitts, but I think the front office pretty much laughed at him and said, we got much bigger needs right now. We can't be, we can't be trading for draft picks to go get Kyle Pitts. So Jerry, uh, Jerry's not going to get his wish. I think the Cowboys stay at 10. I think it's pretty obvious what they need. They, I mean, I've, they don't need to touch their offense. Uh, defensively, they have uh, they have a pretty good they have a pretty good pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence. Two linebackers that are inconsistent but still have potential in Jalen Smith and Landon Vanderash. But the secondary was an absolute disaster last year, and this team needs a shutdown corner. And why not go get Patrick Sertan? We all know his dad played in the league. His dad played for the Dolphins uh, uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, he's a really, really good corner out of Alabama. Good, good man can play man coverage too. So, with the number ten pick, I got the Cowboys t- taking Patrick Sertan the second. Yeah, um, I like that pick for Dallas. Yeah, you know he's great. He's really, really good at man coverage. He's played a lot of football at um, in the er, at the college level. Um, he's elite at the bump and run coverage as well. He's just a really good all around coverage um cornerback and obviously that's what dallas needs dallas needs a lot of that right now <laughs> of course jay um, says that's too smart of a pick for dallas right, right. he's right he is right there you he's know right. you never know with jerry you know jerry could do something really crazy or that you know they, they could take they, they could take you know <laughs> they could take something they don't even need they could you know, they could take like Najee harris at number like yeah. number 11 number 10 yeah i i i could say I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened so like yeah, Jason, that's too smart of a pick for Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I don't know this year if he'll be in the draft room. He'll be out in the middle of the ocean again in his yacht or whatever, like last year. So I don't, I don't know if he'll have guys talking to him or not this year. But uh, yeah, I could, I could see Dallas making a mistake. Yeah, something they don't need. The, you know, the little bit of weakness for um, certain is, is the short area. You know, he's. Um, it's a short area quickness and the lead top, you know, he's not a top speed cornerback, but um, I think he's good enough in coverage where he can kind of um, be okay with that. You know, he'd be okay without it. So I, I think it'd be a really, really smart pick for the Dallas Cowboys, which they could not stop anybody last year. 
Um, I do have Dallas trading back here to New England, and I do have the Patriots taking. This, this is where you got Fields. Justin Fields going. It's yes. where you got Justin Fields. So we have all the quarterbacks going to the same spots. We got uh, yeah. obviously uh, Wilson to the Jags. Uh, no, I mean uh, Lawrence to the Jags, Wilson to the Jets, uh, Jones to the Niners, uh, Lance to the Broncos, and uh, Fields to the Patriots, just in different spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, yeah, um, Justin Fields here. I think yeah. I talked. To, I'll just talk a little bit because I know you kind of talked about it when you had him um, train over Carolina. So yeah, he's going to bring a winning attitude. Yes, I think the reads are you know his reads are going to get better. Um, he's just a tough quarterback. I you know um, yeah. He left Georgia. It was you know it was tough for him. you know it took to beat out. Look, he probably should have beat out Jake Fromm for that, but I think there was some. After Jake Frank at the national championship game, I think it was tough for Kirby Smart to kind of get rid of him or take Justin Fields instead as a starting quarterback. Um, goes to Ohio State, did a did a phenomenal job. Look, I, you know, he got off to such a fast start this year. Um, struggled that Indiana game, yeah, struggled against the pressure a little bit, but I think it's something, too, that he's going to get better at. Um, he made a couple panic throws, but still, I, I think he'll get better at it more timing again the experience didn't have a ton of experience in college playing but i think the upside's really really high for joseph fields oh absolutely i think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league i mean i think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because of all the guys that have hated on him we all know what happened at georgia when he when you know jake afron became the starter and look at what happened when he went to Ohio state got into the college football playoff one year and then got into the national championship championship game the next year i think georgia's wishing that they ended up, you know, it was hard to, to, you know, not stick with Fromm after they got to the after they got to the national championship game in 2017. But we all know Justin Fields ended up being the better quarterback. So I think Kirby Smart's kind of regretting not uh, not uh, keeping Justin Fields there and 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 playing Justin Fields over Jacob Fromm. I think Kirby Smart's regretting that decision now. But we got to get to my team. Oh, here we go. Uh, second all time in TD passes at Ohio State in one full season, a COVID season. Yes, I mean just amazing. And Jay, we all know Jay's a big Justin Fields guy too. I mean, he was one. You know, earlier in October that was that was saying that Jay that that uh, Justin Fields should win the, should win the Heisman Trophy over uh, Mac Jones and uh, and and uh, Jim and Joe were going at it. He's a big yeah, Justin yeah. Fields defender too. So. Yeah, I mean Justin Fields is a is a really good quarterback, and I think we both have got him going to the Patriots. I think if he goes to the Patriots, this team is, is definitely going to be going in the right direction. Yeah, I'd be very excited. I'd love to see him under center for this team. Um, I yeah, I think he would fit New England's culture very very well. Um, yeah, bring he bring winning with him. So yeah, I I think that would put us right back up there. Maybe in a year or two. I don't not expecting a rookie year to come out and, and lead us to Kansas City and you know. AFC Championship game, but I, I think in a few years after that, I definitely think you know we're back kind of being Super Bowl contenders. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now it's time to get to my team, the Giants. And the thing about the Giants pick was it was weird. A lot of people would be saying, "We're saying who do you think the Giants should? Who do you think the Giants should pick?" And it was weird because the biggest need on the team would be a major reach. So a lot of people are talking are saying they might trade the pick, and I could still see that potentially happening. Uh, or maybe t- maybe take another receiver, even though they signed Kenny. Gallagher. And the receiver was pretty obvious before they didn't before they uh, signed Ken- Kenny Galladay. Well, once they signed Kenny Galladay, it became pretty much you know it, it, it wasn't the receiver. You know, if the guy's there, maybe take him, but it wasn't as obviously it wasn't as big of a need once they signed they uh, signed they uh, signed Galladay. And uh, 
this is a tough, tough decision for me. It was really it was it ended up be, becoming uh, between three players for me: uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, Micah Parsons, and uh, and uh, Devontae Smith. And, uh, and and for the personnel staff, it's pretty much down to three players: Jace Horn, Devontae Smith, and Micah Parsons. The person, the, the scouting, the personnel. But most of the Giants personnel staff loves uh, JC Horn. JC Horn, uh, the, the uh, Gettleman loves Micah Parsons and uh, Devonte and uh, Judge loves Devonte Smith. So, but so out of those three, and for me, it was really between it, it was back and forth for me between uh, between Smith and uh, Parsons. Smith yesterday, I I, I put Smith and I, I had Smith go number seven to Detroit. So then it, then it was kind of between Micah Parsons and uh, Rashawn Slater. And I felt like, you know what? I feel like Micah Parsons was more of the sure thing. So, with the number eleven pick in the NFL draft, my Giants for my Giants, I got them taking Micah Parsons out of Penn State. And I feel like with Micah Parsons, I watched him his sophomore year at Penn State. You know, really good middle linebacker, but he could also play outside linebacker too in a three-four. And I think it's something the Giants really need. They need a guy, a guy, an edge rusher. In that three in that three four defense, that was the one thing they really missed last year on that defense was that edge rusher in that three four defense. So, I I got Micah Parsons going there. I think that's a really really good pick for this team. I think at the spot they are, it's the best player available, and it's and it's the guy the GM wants. And I feel like in the Giant organization, Dave Gettleman, if Dave Gettleman wants the guy, just like with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, he gets that guy. And that's why I got the Giants taking Micah Parsons with the number eleven pick. Justin, your thoughts, and who do you got at eleven? Yeah, I would. I really like that pick for for the Giants. Jason told me for the show I did not know this. He played D in high school too, so he's got that experience to play defensive end too for you guys. So if you ever need him to play there, I think it's solid. You add him in that linebacking core with um, you know, with already a Blake Martinez as well. Oh, oh, here's, here's here's a comment. Maybe that should Elmer's glue so Jones can hang on to the ball. <laughs> That's a funny one by Vinny there. That's a funny one. He's a Cowboys fan too. He's a Red Sox fan and a Cowboys fan. So yeah, he's, he's a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Jones needs to, I hope yeah. Jones can't hang out of the ball this year. If Jones can't hang out of the ball this year, he'll be gone. So that that, yeah. that, that, that that's that's certain. If he can't hang out of the ball, he can't hang out of the ball this year, he'll be gone. But Justin, gone. Yeah, you know, but um, also with Mika Parsons, I love his range too. Um, I love love his tackle. This guy does not. This you know, it, it's very hard to to break this um, Parsons tackles. He's great at that. He wraps you up and you're done. Um, the first one. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to baseball. We'll get to baseball after the draft. We'll get to baseball and, and Vinny's first place Red Sox, who beat the Mets last night two to one, mm-hmm. and faced Jacob Degrom tonight. Yeah, they're playing well still, but um, his instincts I think need to get a little bit better. But I, I think that will come with more development. I think a guy like Blake Martinez at the linebacker spot with them will will really help. Um, a guy like Joe Judge as well will I, I think would help him out. He's over aggressive a little bit at times too, but I don't you know. I don't think it's the worst thing. I think that's something that easily can be fixed as well. So I think it'd be a very solid, solid pick for the Giants. It just adds another great piece of that defense you guys already have. Um, for my pick for the Giants, I have them going Devontae Smith. Um, yeah, I, I was going back and forth. Um, I think the Giants could go a couple different directions, but I think to add another wide receiver for Daniel Jones in such a big year for him, him and it's, it's a huge year for him and Saquon Barkley. And I think to add him with Galladay, he's he's got tremendous speed, his playmaking ability. I I think he'd be a, a deep threat for Daniel Jones in this offense. Um, they they need a little bit more. I feel like on that side of the ball, um, yeah, this, the height's a question, but can I? Um, 
Oh, oh, he wants to know. He, he, Jay's wants to know. How can you explain uh, Waddle going before Smith? You got to explain that to us. There. Yeah, I, I know it was, it was weird. I feel like Detroit Waddled. Um, I think because he gives Waddled some. Um, Waddle can give you the special teams ability. I feel like I think Smith could too. Um, but I, in a couple mock drafts, I saw Waddle go before Smith. Um, but I, I think it's more because of Smith's size. It's people are just underrating. You know, I, I look, I love Devontae Smith. I, but I think people, I think organizations worry about him being at 511 in his stature. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but I think that's why, that's why I have him kind of dropping further down here than Jalen Waddle. I know Jalen Waddle's not a 6'4, you know, big wide receiver either, but he's a little bit taller. I know the injuries are a question, but I, I think it's just the stature that teams are kind of just underrating here. And I, I to add Devontae Smith to a team that, again, this guy's going to come in here too. He's got a lot of proof. You know, he's got a lot of people that uh, are saying he's not going to make in this league because of the height. And this Giants, I think he'll be a very, very nice piece for this Giants offense. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, you could, you could end up, you know, you know, trading a Slayton or, or a Shepard if you have too many receivers. But yeah, to bring him in, uh, you know, he's a different receiver than Kenny Galladay. That's that's the biggest thing. He's he's different. Galladay's a you know, six four, you know, over two hundred pounds. Uh, uh, Devontae Smith is you know, you know, five ten, five ten, five eleven, one seventy. So he's a different kind of receiver. So yeah, I would not mind this pick for the Giants for the Giants if he's there. I because if, if he was there, I honestly would have the Giants taking him too if he was there. And and I actually had that. Uh, earlier yesterday in my mock draft, then I revised my mock draft. You can ask Jace. I revised my mock draft and changed it to Micah Parson because I have Devontae Smith. I end up having the Lions taking receiver because I did have like the Patriots originally trading with the Lions for the number for the for the number uh for the, for the number seven pick, but then I had them trading with the Panthers. So then once the Lions were open and they had a and they had a, and they had a spot, I had to put Devontae Smith at seven, and then I put Micah Parsons there. So I wouldn't mind Micah Parsons at all. He, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Devontae Smith at all, but. If if he's there, I would have I would take him, but I just don't think he's there. That's why I got the Giants taking Micah Parsons. Yeah, I, I know he's probably it's gonna be tough for him. I, it was kind of just when I saw him at eleven, it was like you know, yeah, he's probably not. There, you know, there's a chance he's gonna go there, but I know it's not likely. But it was like all it was kind of just yeah, where the pieces fell, and I'm like the Giants. I think if he's on the board, I think the Giants would take him, and I kind of was like. All right, I'll kind of just leave him here for now. And I was, I kind of feel that the Giants, you know, if he is sitting there, I would would take him. I think, I think because of his frame and stature, I, I do think he's going to drop a little bit. Unfortunately, I, I think you know, it, it could happen. Oh, absolutely, I could see, I could see him dropping, but I think he's still going to be a really, really good receiver yeah. in this league. With the number twelve pick, with that's the Philadelphia Eagles, and this was pretty obvious. If they have, you know, either. You know, Smith, Chase, or Waddle fall. I got them. I had them taking them. And I and with the number twelve overall pick, seeing how poor the Eagles' receiving core is, seeing that the Eagles passed on DK Metcalf two years ago and Justin Jefferson last year, they're not going to do it again. Howie Roseman, yes, he's made some bad decisions, but he has won a Super Bowl. So I I think that uh, with the number twelve overall pick, I got the Philadelphia Eagles taking Jalen Waddle at Alabama. Justin, your thoughts and who do you got at number twelve? Yeah, Jalen Waddle. Reunite, get him with uh, Jalen Hurts here. Yeah, they need another guy. They need another weapon. Yeah, they've really failed to draft a wide receiver the last years and finding a guy that's, you know, um, been able to stay on the field. And I know that's a question mark for Jalen Waddle. Um, I hope he's been he's going to be able to stay healthy. 
I think he's going to be a really talented wide receiver at this level. Um, to add to that offense, I think would be a really, really nice piece of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's experienced. Um, and coming from Nick Saban, you know, um, he's kind of, you know, he's obviously been in a great locker room. Um, for me, I have the Eagles going defense. I got them getting Patrick Certain or um, Sutton out of Alabama at cornerback. So same team, different position. Obviously, yeah, they, they really need help. I know they have Darius Slay, but to go on the other side with them, they they really need – yeah, they again, they could go pretty much anywhere on the board here. Um, they, they have a lot of holes. But I said I think he can add some – he's really good at coverage, especially man coverage. He's been – he played a lot of college ball at Alabama. I think he kind of come in here and bring something good to this Eagles defense, which they were not great at last year. Um, and I, I think it would be a really nice pick for Philadelphia. Absolutely. Yeah, they do They do need some corner help because they're still pretty good on the defensive line, and they definitely do need some corner help. Jerry Slay is good, but they definitely still need help in that secondary, so I, don't, so, I, so I don't mind that pick, especially that you have all three of those wide receivers off the board. you got Chase off the board, you got Waddle off the board, and you got Smith off the board. I still had Waddle on the board, so that's why I had a receiver going there. It definitely makes sense you had a corner going there at number 12. Yeah, uh, yeah I know wide receiver could be uh... – you know, I know it's one of those positions where it's kind of deep this year. So, yeah, I may have kind of all three even kind of rushed the 11. But, yeah, if he's sitting there at 12, I think it would be a really smart decision. Him or even a, a Jace Horn. I know you took him at Dallas at um at number um, 10 there. But, you know, I think if one of those two guys are available, I think Philly should definitely go grab one of those two. Absolutely, absolutely. So with the number 13 pick, I think it's pretty obvious what the Chargers are going to do here. You know, they had one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. Did get Corey Lindsley in free agency, but I still think they got upgraded for Justin Herbert. So with the number 13, with the 13th overall pick, I got the Chargers taken. Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. What are your thoughts? And who do you got at third? Who got the Chargers taken at 13? Yeah, Rashawn Slater. Um, solid. He's a physical guy. Great at getting to that second level. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah, sat out this year. But I really like what they built at Northwestern, kind of um, the culture and all that, and the development. Because, yeah, he wasn't a big-time four- or five-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, I think he was a two- or three-star and kind of just developed under Pat Fitzgerald in that team, in that program. Um, you know, I, as long as, you know, he can get better against um, – Inside rushers coming at him, which I, I think it will come later on. You know, playing gets some experience, and I think that would be a very nice pick for the Chargers. I'm also going off into lineman here, but I'm going Christian Dar- Darsaw out of Virginia Tech. Um, this is a guy, he's a great pass protector, which, you know, obviously with Justin Herbert, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, he's got a great frame. He's very composed. Um, he's, he's another guy that struggles like, to finish blocks. If he can kind of, you know, you're going to have to do that at the NFL level. Um, and if he can do that, I think he's going to be a very talented player for the Chargers and can help out. Obviously, you got to protect your, your franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert. They got that guy. They need a little bit more protection for him. And I got Christian Darsoff on him. Oh, here we go. Uh, here's another comment from Jace. Bengals and Chargers picking up O-linemen to protect their new franchise quarterbacks. That's what you need to ensure QB success? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with Jace there. Yes, I'm not the biggest 
O-line guy. I don't think your O-line has to be, you know, phenomenal to win, but you got to have an O-line that's at least average to win a Super Bowl. You saw the Kansas City Chiefs last year in that in that Super Bowl. Their, their, their O-line was absolutely terrible. And the year before, it wasn't great, but it was at least average, it was at least capable uh, for them to win that to, to win that Super Bowl, you gotta have yeah. If you don't have a good if you don't have a good uh, uh, lineman or a good tackle, there's no way you, you're going to be able to succeed in this league. There's just, and I guess I'm not the biggest O line guy, but you at least have to have one really good offensive lineman on your offensive line to succeed. And I think I think that's the, I mean, it would be very smart for the Bengals and Chargers to pick up offensive tackles. And that's why we both have the Bengals picking up offensive tackles. That's why probably Jace has them picking up. And offensive, both those teams picking off offensive tackles. That's why I think you know the Keys Bros probably have them picking offensive tackles. Very, it would be very smart knowing how poor those offensive lines are and knowing how young their quarterbacks are for both those teams to pick up offensive tackles. Yeah, definitely. You know, and for both teams too, you look at those divisions. You can't, you can't afford to lose your quarterback because you're not winning those divisions. You're not even going to win a wild card spot. In the, you know, in the Bengals or or Chargers division. So yeah, I think it's very important to have a. Good offensive line. I, I still think it's important. You, you kind of saw what Kansas City, you know, even the best in Patrick Mahomes could absolutely do nothing against Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl. Um, and, and yeah, these two guys in Joe Burrow and Justin Bur- Herbert to keep the to be long lasting franchise quarterbacks, they need to be, be protected. And it would be very smart for the Bengals and Chargers to pick them up. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So with the number 14 pick, we got the Minnesota Vikings. And I could have went a couple ways here. I could have went offensive line, I, I, but I'm going to go defensive end. I think they need some pass rush. I think Daniel Hunter needs another guy on that side because they lost Everson Griffin uh, the uh, last year. I think they need, an, they need an edge rusher. And that's why I got them taking uh, Quiddy Pay, pay uh, with the number 14 pick in the draft. I know he doesn't have great numbers in college, but he has a lot of upside and could be a really, really good edge rusher in this league. Justin, what are your thoughts, and who do you got at the Vikings taking at 14? Yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, didn't have a ton of experience. Um, had a big, big year this year. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, yeah, another guy you add him up with, they're not Hunter on that side, on the other side, um, on a defensive end. I think will really help out Minnesota. It's, it always seems like Minnesota's always got a really good pass rush. That's always kind of been their identity there. I think it would be smart for the, for the Vikings to go get him. Um, he had a huge strong, um, a huge pro day performance. Um, he's great. He's got he's very explosiveness. He's very explosive. Um, yeah, the experience and um, you know I know he didn't really have a ton of um, production this year, but again I think it's a guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside, and I think you know for Minnesota I think um, they've always developed. I've good defense alignment, defensive ends, the edge guys. So I think he, he's going to develop into a very good defensive end and will be with the Vikings for a while. I have him going the other side of the ball here, and I have him going offensive lineman here. I got him getting Elijah on Burt Tucker out of USC, the guard. It was between those two guys for me, and I, t- I decided to go uh, Quiddy Payne. Probably better because we didn't have – we don't have the same pick. Yeah, yeah, I was I was going there too. I was thinking edge guy form, you know. I was going both ways, but if they want, you know, I feel like for Cousins, they need another guy. I didn't. They're on their offensive line was not great last year. He's very versatile. They can kind of plug him in anywhere. Um, on that line, he could he could play. He's got a very nice frame. Um, he's you know blocking wise, his pad level is too high. Um, and his foot his footwork needs some work. So. 
he, he needs a little bit of work, uh, you know, to kind of get where he needs to be. But I think, and you know, you give him some time here, off season, some preseason games. I think he'd be a, um, a good offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings in this league and to kind of bulk that up because, you know, um, especially too for their running game, they lean on Dalvin Cook so much too as well. They need another offensive lineman there to, um, you know, make sure to get keep him, you know, keep him going, and for Cook to kind of open up the running, you know, open up the running game there, in Minnesota. Absolutely, absolutely. With the number fifteen pick, we got two different teams selecting here, so I'll go with my team first. I got the Carolina Panthers because I had them trade. I had them trading down with the Patriots as the I had the Patriots trading up to get Justin Fields. So with the number 15 pick in the draft, I look at the Panthers roster right now. I think, uh, you know, on offense, I think their offensive line is a little shaky. Uh, I do think they, they got a quarterback now with Sam Darnold. It's Christian McCaffrey. Got receivers with DJ Moore and uh, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, but I look at the defensive side of the ball. I think good defensive line, potentially, really potentially a good defensive line. You got Hassan Reddick in free agency. You got Brian Burns who's underrated. Derek Brown was a first-round pick last year. Jack Thompson at linebacker. You got Jeremy Chin at safety. The biggest weakness on the defense is corner. And that's why with the number 15 overall pick, I got the Carolina Panthers taking J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Joe Horn's son. We all remember him. You probably don't remember him as much. Receiver for the Saints. I always remember. One of my biggest memories of Joe Horn was him taking a cell phone out. And, that's, and Jace, I think he's kind of young to remember this. He might, might not be old enough to remember this. Jace, on a Sunday night football game, uh, Joe Horn took his cell phone out. The Keys Bros definitely, and Joe definitely remember this. He took his cell phone out against the Giants after he scored a touchdown. So that was a memory of his dad. But at the number 15th overall pick in in my mock draft, I got the uh, Panthers taking J.C. Horn. Justin, what, do you, what are your thoughts, and who do you got? I, um, J.C. Horn, I, I actually have J.C. Horn going to Dallas. So I have the same pick, but different team here. Um, so, yeah, I think for both sides – would, or for both teams here, I think it would be a great get. Obviously, Dallas, they, they need they, they need help on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have much right now um, at the corner position. They really missed Byron Jones last year. Um, they, they were just pitiful on the defensive side. Yeah, I, I could see Jerry going offense here, but they, they need to go corner. I think they need to go somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. I think J.C. Horn would be a good addition for him. And for Carolina, um, yeah, I another good get for I think be good get. Obviously, all eleven of their picks last year were on the defensive side of the ball, but he's really good in, in, in uh, press coverage. He's physical. He's got some. Uh, we might have a loss. You you're good, Justin? You back? Yeah, good. No, I, again, I just think he's a gamer. Uh, he played really well last year for South Carolina because their strength was at secondary. Oh yeah, I remember him in that game. I remember texting you, I think, during one of the games and said, Is Joe Horn some pretty good? And you said he's re- he's really, really yeah. good. So yeah, yeah I remember you texting you know, text during the game. The, one of the games, yeah. I remember that, yeah. I think coming the year he was more of a day two guy, but you know, he had a big year and he, he kind of um jumped up to the uh to being one of the top corners in this draft. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. He absolutely did. The Cardinals got the number 16 pick, but but before that, before we make that selection, we got a promo from Clover Crespia. Ladies and gentlemen, set your calendars for this Saturday, May 1st at 10 a.m., where Throwing Jabs goes live as Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones sit down with special guest, Connecticut 
Boxing Hall of Famer, Iceman John Scully. Yeah, as said in the promo, you don't want to miss throwing jabs this week. You know, Jace, Jace Garcia, Jared Jones, Joe Aguirre with Connecticut Boxing Hall of Famer John Scully. You don't want to miss it. Saturday, 10 o'clock. Make sure you're listening to Throwing Jabs. So we got the number 16 pick in the uh, NFL draft, and that's the Cardinals. And for the Cardinals, I look, as I look at their at their roster, uh, I, obviously with Kyler Murray, good offensive line. Uh, you got you got a good, great receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. You're pretty good on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe their running game is a little bit shaky, but they could address that later in the draft. But on the defensive side of the ball, I think you got a pretty good pass rush. You added J.J. Watt. You got Chandler Jones. Pretty good linebacker in Jordan Hicks. Great safety in Buda Baker. But the issue is at the cornerback position, and it's been for the last couple of years because Peterson hasn't been as good the last couple of years. So with the number 16 overall pick, I got the Cardinals taking Caleb Farley, the quarter cornerback at a Virginia Tech. And, yes, this guy's got back issues. He unfortunately tested positive for COVID today too, but he's got a, t- a ton of upside, and he could potentially be the best corner in this draft. Justin, your thoughts, and who do you got, who do you got the Cardinals taking at 16? Yeah, I really like Caleb Farley. Um, you know, going the fall, he was probably the top cornerback on the board. Yeah, the injuries are a question mark. It's yeah, it's too bad he ended up testing positive for for COVID today. It's a second back surgery he had this fall, so yeah, that's a question mark. I know teams are kind of um, as a guy, he's really really good cornerback um, in the NFL level. Um, and I think it would be a really nice pick for Arizona because they need a little bit more in that secondary. I also have the Cardinals here going um, on the defensive side. I got him getting Mika Parsons. He's got, you know, um, kind of talked about him going with the, with, you with the Giants. So, again, he's got great range. Um, I know they kind of got Simmons. I know they have Hicks at the linebacker. But I think they're kind of – in this division, there's so many good teams. And, I you know, um, and, and I think – Defensively, offense, I think they need another piece on the defense side of the ball. And I, I think Miko Parsons would be a other good player to add on that defense. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if, if Micah Parsons could be on that Cardinals defense, I think that'd be a, a really good pickup. I just don't think he falls that far. I think he's, the, he's, he's I don't think he falls, I don't think he falls at 16. But if the Cardinals have a chance to get him at 16, they would definitely have to take him at 16. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's another one. It was just like he just kind of fell there, just the way it's been going. It's one of those tough things. So, yeah, I don't know if he's going to fall there, but I, I think if he is sitting there, Arizona, yeah, definitely got to scoop him up. Absolutely, absolutely. So with the number 17th overall pick, we got the Las Vegas Raiders. And offense, you don't need to worry about because that offense is is pretty good. But the defense is something – or defense – and I would say the offensive line is something you really got to worry about. Yeah, my bad they're saying the whole offense. The offensive line is something you have to worry about because of all the guys they lost in the offensive line and free agency. But the defense – and for a while, this defense just ha- has ha- has not worked. Uh, Cleveland Furl has not worked. You know, Damon Arnett has not worked. Uh, Jonathan Abrams just can't stay healthy. So at this spot, I think they can go anywhere defensively. But there's a player I really like and I really like for this team, and that is uh, – and that is the safety out of uh, TCU, Tavon Morang. So with the number 17 pick, 17th pick in uh, my mock draft, I got the Las Vegas Raiders taking Tavon Morang 
safety at a TCU. Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got? Yeah, um, I like this pick for the Raiders. Yeah, they need a lot of help. You know, they got I love the Abrams out there, but he just had not been able to stay healthy. Um, they they can go anywhere defensively. Yeah, the D-line, the, the linebacker core, the edge, they need an edge guy. But um, this guy's sitting here in the secondary. Um, I, I think he's gonna be really good. He's versatile, he's re- he's got a lot of range. He can go, he can kind of be in the special teams as well here. Um, he plays a little bit too aggressive as well. Um, and he kind of struggles to get off blocks. But other than that, I think he can develop into a really good safety and, and help out this um, this Raiders event that needs a lot of help right now. Um, and actually, I just saw Teddy I know. Bridgewater. Breaking news, yes. Breaking news. Teddy Bridgewater has been traded from the Panthers to the Broncos. I'm trying to figure out what all this means. I still think with all this, I think what this means for the Panthers is they're they're def, they're probably going to stick with Sam Darnold. I think that's what that's what that means. And for the Broncos, having Bridgewater and Locke on the roster, it's hard for me to say what they're going to do at quarterback now. It's still a question for me what they're going to do at quarterback. But I still think they'll draft Trey Lance and they'll have and they'll have an open competition. In my opinion, right now, I mean this is this is me seeing this a minute ago, just trying to formulate opinion. So I may be totally wrong, but this is just what I'm thinking right now. Is is was I think that the Broncos are going to maybe draft a quarterback and have an open competition, but. It's new to all of us right now, this 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 news. Yeah, yeah it's a weird one. For a six-round pick, that's all they got. I don't know what the salary is. I would assume Denver's probably going to eat a lot of that salary. They're going to have to eat a lot of that salary, too. Yeah. So do they eat all this salary and take another quarterback? That's the question. Yeah, yeah it's weird. I don't know. Because Bridgewater's not the long-term answer. I don't think they I don't think they think Locke is the long-term answer. So I don't it's it I still think they I still gonna say they're gonna take Trey Lance at number nine. I, I can still see it now. I know I have them trading up. I don't think they trade up anymore for him. But, yeah, it's weird. I think it's probably going to be open competition there at number seven. Yeah, because Teddy, Teddy's not the – Teddy's not – you know, I worry about Teddy. I, I, you know, he's never played in cold weather. You know, that's something why I didn't really want him in New England in December. You're going to Denver, and it's going to be cold. You know, the wind's going to be blowing because he doesn't have the arm strength. So, look, maybe, maybe – yeah, he finds in Denver, but I, I think he'd be he could struggle later in the year. But again, too, I don't think he can keep up with a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert, Derek Henry, or Derek Carr. So yeah, this is a very interesting. It was a very surprising trade trade news right there. Yeah, very very surprising. You know, but but maybe they've already given up on Drew Locke, and maybe they're thinking of Bridgewater, maybe being the the bridge guy to uh. Being being that bridge guy to uh uh to Trey Lance, so we'll see what happens there. We got a comment from Jace. He played well in Minnesota. I know that's a dome, but still cold. And and let's not forget that season they actually played outside the dome that oh, year. Yeah. yeah, but but he played well, but he wasn't great. And he had Adrian Peterson. Adrian, in two, especially in 2015 when they made the playoffs, they lost that game when Blair Walsh missed the field goal against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. A big reason they were had the, the biggest reason for the success success that year was because of Adrian Peterson. Now. Teddy Ridgewater did a good job not turning the ball over, but a big reason for that success was uh, because of Adrian Peterson. And then obviously he got hurt. He tore his ACL in practice. And, you know, he's always, and he's pretty much never been the same after that. But yeah, but still at this stage in his career, I just don't think he's the same player he was back in 2015 in Minnesota. He's just not a, you know, great player anymore. I mean, he's decent, but he's not really a long term solution at the quarterback position. So, so to get back to my point, I think the Broncos are still going to draft Trey Lance and have an open competition between Bridgewater, Locke, and Lance. 
I, I could definitely see that happening, all three of those guys. Yeah, because, yeah, that, obviously Teddy's not going to be a long-term answer. Drew Locke, I think they, yeah, they're about giving up on. So uh, I could definitely see, see Trey Lance going there at number seven. Um, my pick for the Raiders, I got the linebacker out of Kentucky, Jamon Davis um, out of Kentucky. Yeah, they need a lot. I know he didn't have a lot of – you know, he had – this was really only year major production – um, I, I really see the Raiders here going for a reach because Gruden loves reaching for guys and trying to outsmart everybody. It never works. So I, I don't know what guy they think it could be, but I think Davis would be a nice pick for him. He's really, he's very really athletic. He's very explosive. Um, he had one year major production, but I think for the Raiders, I think this would be a good starting point for him. It was tough between him and Jeremiah Ozo Kumara. It, it was tough, but. I think I see the Raiders going uh, Davis here. With the number 18th overall pick, that is the Miami Dolphins, their second pick in this draft. I look at this team, and I think one of the one of the weaknesses of this team was this offensive line. I think they address it with this with this pick, and that's why with the 18th overall pick in my mock draft, I got the uh, I got the Miami Dolphins taking Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got the Dolphins taking at number 18? Yeah, um, I like the pick for the Dolphins. Yes, they need to go offensive line here to give, you know, keep Tua healthy, obviously, keep him on the field. Um, you had another guy like. Uh, well, we... so, well, uh, so I, I think it'd be a really nice pick for Miami. Yeah. Um, He's got to work. He's got some work to do, but I think at 18, if he falls, if he falls there, I think it'd be a very nice addition for the Dolphins to bulk up that offensive line. I have him going the opposite side of the ball here. I got him getting Jalen Phillips out of the University of Miami, so not going too far. Staying home. Um, yeah, staying home. Um, he's got great quickness. He's got a lot. Of, he's got speed. Speed. Um, the injuries have been a question. I think he's got really solid potential. If he can stay on the field. I think it would be really, really good pick for Miami. Um, I know their defense is good. I know they lost Van Noy. Um, but I, I think to add another guy for this defense that was pretty good last year, I think it would be a nice pick. I think it's kind of one of the things that Miami kind of needs on the defense side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. They really need that edge rusher. That's the one thing they're missing on that defense. I mean, they got probably the, outside of the Ravens, the, the, the one of the best pair of corners in the league with Byron Jones and Xavier and Howard. You know, they, they you know, they're pretty good. They got Broderick McKinney to play linebacker. Christian Wilkins on the interior. So they really need that edge rusher is important. So they so you know the Dolphins don't have to blitz as much, you know. So the yeah, and and, and have to deal with those cor- great corners. They're really good corners, but you don't want them playing man coverage all, all game long. You want to be able to, you know, be able to send send, you know, drop seven and send four four guys, not have to blitz a lot. So so uh, that would I think would, that pick definitely makes sense for the Dolphins, them getting uh Jalen Phillips there. With the number nineteenth overall pick, oh, with number nineteenth pick, I got the Washington football team taking Jeremiah Ozu Kamara out of Notre Dame, and I think the, what the one weakness of this of this Washington defense is is a guy in the middle, either being a really good strong safety or a really good linebacker. I think that was the weakness of this defense because they struggled against the run. This guy isn't great against the run; he's great in coverage, but he also is good against the run. And I think if they could add this guy to their defense, this could clearly be a top top five defense next year. I like this guy. He's great in coverage. He also could stop the run. This is a really, really good player. And I, that's why I got the, I got the Washington football team taking him 
with the number 19th overall pick. Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got the Washington football team taking at number 19? We're back on the same uh, period. We got, <laughs> nice, we got, finally. We got Kumar as well. Yeah, it's, with Washington defense, is great. Obviously, they, they need offense, but there's not really, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, didn't think, I think, you know, Washington didn't bulk up that, that defense. Yeah, it's the linebackers, like the one thing they need here. Yeah, he's a Swiss Army that they could kind of throw him all over. Um, he's got a, he's like six three, six four, so he's a big linebacker. He's explosive. Um, I think he could kind of be a little bit too tall to play linebacker, maybe. Um, and he's another guy I think plays too fast at times. He plays a little bit over aggressive, but again, that's something that he can kind of fix. I feel like fairly easy. So I think it'd be a really nice pick for Washington. And just I think with how with their offense, they could struggle this year. Um, they're gonna have to play a lot of low-scoring games and add this guy on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's gonna gonna help them stay in games. Absolutely, absolutely. With the number with the with at number twenty, we got the Chicago Bears, and I look at the Bears and I think yes, they need receiver help, but they also need offensive line help, and that's a big reason why you know David Montgomery has struggled as a running back. I mean, I think I think you know he did play better at the end of the year, but he struggled in his career because the Bears' offensive line has not been very good. And that's a big reason why I got the Bears with the with the twentieth overall pick taking Christian Darisau out of Virginia Tech. I think he will help this offensive line. I think Andy Dalton, if they plan to start Andy Dalton, or even if they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, they're both going to need really good. They're both going to need good protection. I think getting making this pick helps this Bears team right away, and that's why I got the Bears taking Christian Darisau with their first round pick. Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got the Bears taking at twenty? Yeah, the Bears, they definitely need off the line help. We saw it last year. They, um, I remember that game in Green Bay in the Monday night where they had, what, like 60 yards of offense, not even. They, they, need, they, need, they need help on, the off, on that offensive line. Um, I think he's a, he's a guy that's um, really good at pass protecting too, which, which they need. They really struggled in that. I think he would come in there and help them out pretty quickly in that um, because he already kind of – I already drafted him at, up at 13. I went wide receiver here. They do need help there. Um, so I got him taking Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Ooh, wow, wow. I think it could be a nice get for him. Yeah, it look, I, I understand they need they need offensive help to get on the ball, but there was no offensive lineman really, I felt like could go there. I thought maybe Jenkins, but maybe a little bit of reach. I think if he's sitting there, I think Chicago will go get another wide receiver. He's um He's yeah, he's another guy. He doesn't have the top end speed here, but I think he's a really good route runner. He's a great competitor. He's elusiveness. Um, it, it's really solid. Um, you know, I know this year two touchdowns. He had like thirty six catches. Um, in five games, but I I like him. I think he could be one of the top wide receivers from this draft class, and I think be a nice guy for the for the Chicago Bears. With the number 20, with the 21st overall pick, that is the Indianapolis Colts. And I think this is one of the, this, the Colts have one of the best uh, rosters in, in, in football. I think the Colts have, uh, I think, really outside of an edge rusher, I think I, I really like this defense good at corner with Xavier, with Xavier Rhodes had a good year. I like Julian Blackman at safety, got one of the best linebackers in the league in Darius Leonard. And you know their offense, their offensive line is really, really good with, with, with Quentin Nelson, with Ryan Kelly with Brendan Smith, with Mark uh, Golzinski. 
Uh, you, you, they, they, Michael Pittman has potential to be a number one receiver. I add in Carson Wentz, to, uh, who I think is an upgraded quarterback over what they had last year in Phillip Rivers. The one thing this team needs, because they haven't signed Justin Houston yet, and they, and, and they let D'Amico Autry go, is they need an edge rusher. And that's why with the number with the 21st overall pick, I got the Colts taking Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Justin, your thoughts on the pick? And who do you get the Colts taking at 21? Yeah, um, I think this is a solid pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, another edge rusher for this defense um, would be a help. Um, yeah, their defense was solid last year. And I think um, to add another part here, look, we don't know what we're going to get from Carson Wentz out here in Indianapolis um, in this division. So I think it would be a really nice pick for the Indianapolis Colts. And Jace just called me out on on this. Um, yeah, I, I – I messed up. I didn't say Jane. Yeah, I shouldn't say Jane in the reach because I do have him going number twenty-one. I don't know what I was saying there, but um, I, I think he he fills a hole here for um, any um, I can't um, Calzano who just retired. Costanzo, um, yeah, Costanzo, yeah. yeah. Um, he's physical. Um, he's got great size, strength. Um, I think even for a lineman, he's 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 pretty well. Um, he's got some speed too for a lineman, just to um. And he's got really good ability to finish his block. So I think this would be a really nice pick for the Indianapolis Colts. It kind of fills that hole um, because their offense, their offensive line last year's has, has really been what good. And I, I think that um, adding Jenkins here would just, um, again, just really, really make the Colts off of the line that's still keeping on as one of the best in, in, in the NFL. With the 22nd overall pick, that's the Tennessee Titans. And really, for me, it was it was a tough choice between, you know, corner and wide receiver. But the three biggest corners are off the board. So I went wide receiver this uh, t- wide receiver because they lost Corey Davis in free agency. And, and they got that big number one receiver in, in A.J. Brown. So I'm going to take kind of a smaller receiver, a guy who could be a slot receiver. And that guy is going to be Catavius Tony. I got Catavius Tony. He's got a lot of speed. He could be a slot receiver. And I really think he could help this this Titans offense uh, with with their. I think the Titans offense can be really explosive with Derrick Henry and with uh, with with, with uh, AJ Brown and with him. And the question is going to be: Can Ryan Tannehill, you know, get over the hump with all these weapons? We'll see if we'll see what happens what happens with him this year if if he can get over the hump with all these weapons. But Justin. Your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got the Titans taking at number 21? Yeah, Kadarius Tony, one of my um, – I love him wide receiver-wise. He's smaller, but, yeah, the guy, he's got so much speed. Uh, I think he's the fast corner – or wide receiver in the strap. Um, yeah, he lined up in the backfield, too. He can kind of do it all. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, to have him with – pair him with Derrick Henry – uh, with Brown and Tannehill, I think it would be a very, very nice pick for Tennessee to get that offense kind of take some more pressure off of Derrick Henry to add a guy like Tony. Um, I think he's got to get a bit stronger, but, you know, again, he averaged like over 14 yards um, a catch last year. You know, he said touchdown. He can break, he, you know, he can break one and go for 70. So, you know, he's got breakaway speed. So I think it would be nice to get there for the Titans. I have him going corner here. I get him. I got him getting killed fairly out of Virginia Tech. Yes, the second back surgery, but Tennessee needs us. He, you know, Tennessee needs to go. De- I, yeah, they, needs they couldn't go off the field on the third on third down last year at all. No, they couldn't. And one of the things too I like about Fairley too is he's six two. He's one of the bigger corners in this draft, and um, he can guy. Yeah, we may have lost oh, Justin. 
Oh, there, there you go. You healthy. He can again. He, you know, he, if he, yeah. I feel like a top ten pick, if he can stay healthy. So I really like Caleb Farley here to the Tennessee Titans. May need to kind of get back on the field and may need a little bit of time here. But I think once he does, I think he'd be a very good NFL cornerback. Yes, and, and if, if I didn't have – obviously, if I didn't have Farley going at 16, I very easily could have had him going here at 22. So, yeah, I like that pick a lot. I like that pick with the uh, Titans getting a Caleb Farley. With the 23rd overall pick, that is the New York Jets, their second pick in the first round. They got this pick in the Jamal Adams trade. I look at this Jets team, they got a bunch of holes, but I think they got – obviously, the, uh, there's two places where you got to start in football. I mean, three, I think. I think O-line, edge rusher. And uh, an offensive line, but with with uh, with with Jaden Phillips and paying off the board, I think they won't take an edge rusher. So, and they got a quarterback. So, I think they got to protect Zach Wilson. They got Makai Becton. I think you pair him with another tackle, and that's why with the number with the twenty third overall pick in my mock draft, I got the Jets taking Taven Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, I like this pick for the Jets. Definitely need to bulk up that offensive line a little bit more. Look, big um, Mikel Bate. Beckman was good last year for the Jets, um, I, so it was a it's a very nice start. But yeah, to add another guy here to protect, you got to protect your franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson. Um, I think it's a good good spot there for the Jets to go get Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. I have um I had the Jets going secondary and getting Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, the cornerback. He's a guy, yes, he's missed um he's missed some games, but he's been productive there. Um, and Jason's I. Yeah, I love um, the Jenkins pick. I have Becton be that plast blocker. Have Jenkins be that run blocker. Be that great right tackle run behind. Absolutely, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really yeah. If they could have that run blocker, that could really help their running game and obviously help pass protection for Josh Will uh, for uh, Zach Wilson. So I, I yeah I, I I definitely agree with with Jace that 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 uh, that Jenkins would make sense there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they got to get that running game going. They were terrible in that last year. They need to find a number one back. And you know, they can't have Frank Gore. You know, obviously Frank Gore's retired now, so they can't. You know, they need to find a running back. Um, but I think once they do, that'll be a very nice spot for them. Uh, but I got him getting new some out of Northwestern here. Um, he's, um, I, I, you know, he's been productive when he's been on the field. That's kind of been the question mark. But he's a leader in the locker room. That's something the Jets need here with kind of the turnover. Um, you know, he's got he's got some speed, um, a little bit smaller, but I think for the Jets, they they really they could really go anywhere. I thought maybe going to the rush an edge rusher here, but um, but his size, or I mean, you know, but his positioning's been really good, um, and I think for the Jets, he'd be another good guy in the locker room to have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With the 24th overall pick, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's really two spots because they've lost a lot on the offensive line this offseason, but also they had one of the worst running games in football last year. So I was a tough decision, but I went with the running back. And and I'm going with Najee Harris. We saw what he did at Alabama. He saw that hurdle he had in that semifinal game against Notre Dame. The guy's a really good player. And I think this could really, really work for the Steelers. That's why with the 24th overall pick, I got the Steelers taking Najee Harris out of Alabama. Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and who do you got at number 24? I get the same pick as you. I got Najee Harris out of Alabama. Yeah, you know, look, I think 
they could – I thought about maybe him or Alex Digger, um or Landon Diggerson out of Alabama were kind of my two here, kind of replace uh, Pouncey there at the center position. But I feel like, Dave, you know, um, Harris here, he could it, – it's something that looks big, big bent. You know, they struggled to run the ball last year. Um, I think Harris can kind of bring that need. And also, Big Ben can't throw the, throw the ball to the field anymore. And he, he, need, he, needs play, he, he needs play action. He needs play action. Yeah. He didn't have that last year. And that really hurt him late in the season. Yeah, it, it did. And, you know, he, he'd be a nice get for that. And then also, Najee Harris is really good out of the backfield and catch the ball. So, um, they can, you know, throw it out there in the backfield. Big Ben won't have to throw it deep downfield if he can't. So, um, and Harrison um, being a nice get because as we've seen him, he, he's got um, so much skill out of the backfield, and I think it'd be a very, very nice get for the Pittsburgh Steelers. With the 25th overall pick, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, also their second first-round pick. And the reason they have this have this pick is because they traded Jalen Ramsey two years ago. So with this pick, I think the Jaguars' defense is pretty much outside of Miles Jack. They need everything on this defense. And that's why with this pick, I got them taking the Georgia edge rusher, Aziz Ajuri, uh from Georgia, the outside linebacker. I, I got him going number 25 in my mock draft. Justin, what are your thoughts and who you got going number 25? Um, I, I like Aziz um, Ajuri. Another guy, he's got he's, he's got a great first step. He's quick off of it. Um, he's He's got a lot of speed and quickness. I love his, his power, his pass rushing moves as well. So um, he's a guy, he was one most improved player in the Georgia defense last year. Um, and he had 13 tackles for loss a year ago. Um, he's a guy that's just, he's gotten better year, you know, each year. Um, had a very nice year this year in 10 games. So I think this is a nice get for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, they need a lot on that side of the ball. I'm going offense here. I'm going to go somewhere where they can go help Trevor Lawrence. And I got him getting Kadarius Tony because it, you know, out of Florida. It always seems like the Jaguars too take a Florida Gator out of, in the first round as well. Oh yeah, they, they took they took yeah they took uh, uh, C.J. Henderson line. last year. Last yeah. year they took C.J. Henderson. Yeah, um, and they, I, they took Dante Fowler a couple of years ago too. Years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've taken like three or four at the past few years. So. Um, they like the Florida pipeline here, and I think they go out and get another one. Um, you know, obviously, I think the speed he can give them. Um, I thought I went, it was either him or Rondell Moore, but I think with more, more um, injury questions, I think they go Tony here. Um, and I, I think he'd be a very nice piece here. Again, he's got breakaway speed, and he can break one for, you know, 60, 70 yards, and he's gone in a hurry. So I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Upgrading wide receiver with Kadarius Tony. With the number 26, with the 26th overall pick, that is the Cleveland Browns. And I look at this Browns roster. This Browns roster is loaded. Really good offensive line, good running game, good receivers. Quarterback, a little bit of a question mark. You know, in the secondary, they added John Johnson at safety. Uh, they have a I mean, defensive line with Clowney, with uh, with with Miles Garrett, obviously one of the best edge rushers in the game, and Sheldon Ritt- and uh, Sheldon Richardson on the interior. I don't know if he's still there or not. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. But if he's still there, that'd be he'd be really good on the interior. But I think the one weakness of that defense, and they did have a decent year at linebacker. BJ Goodson didn't have that bad of a year, but linebacker. We know with the Giants though, he's he's very inconsistent. So I got the Browns taking an inside linebacker. Inside linebacker here, and I got them taking Jamin Davis with the number twenty-six overall pick. 
Justin, your thoughts on the pick, and uh, who do you got at 26? Yeah, I like this pick for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I had him going, you know, to Oakland or Las Vegas. But, yeah, um, I, I, you know, a guy, one-year production, they need they need a little bit more there at that linebacker position. The guy may need a little bit more development at this level. Um, but he struggles in coverage too a bit in man coverage. But I know some, you know, again, that's nothing, you know, too surprising coming out as a linebacker. I think it's something you can work on uh, because, look, he, he ha- you know, he's got great athleticism. So I think it's something he can improve on and be a big help for this Browns defense. Um, and I got the Browns here going edge rusher with Quid- um, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I know he's he probably – he may not be um, – it'd be a huge steal for the Cleveland Browns if, he, if he's still there. Yes, um, the one-year production um, – of major production at this level or at the, at the college level. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that could help this team. He had a huge pro day. You add him on the other side with Miles Garrett. I know they just got Javavion on Clowney. So again, maybe he's the guy they, they um, kind of develop for a year. And look, Clowney wasn't great last year. So maybe he, Clowney starts for a few weeks and they get pay in there and he can kind of be the starting um, edge guy, but, um, I, I think the Browns upgrade a little bit here on the defense side of the ball and get Quiddy Pay. With the tw- with the twenty seventh pick, uh, that is the Baltimore Ravens, and I think it's a pretty obvious pick here. I think they got to go receiver. I think they got to go not a smaller receiver too. They, they they need a bigger receiver, and that's why with this pick, I got them taking Terrence Marshall, six three, you know, t- uh, two oh five, you know, Hollywood Brown. Very small, 5'8", under 200 pounds. They need a receiver that can go up and make plays in the red zone and help Lamar Jackson out. Lamar needs that true number one. If he can get that true number one, he has a very good chance of getting the Ravens to where they got to get to. So that's why I got the Ravens taking Terrence Marshall with the 27th overall pick. Justin, your thoughts? And who do you got, the, who do you got at 27? Yeah, um, I was between Terrence Marshall because I know that's a big need for him. But I had him going edge here. Um, I got him getting as the – a, a, a jeweler out of Georgia. Um, yes, Terrence Marshall, he's going to be a phenomenal wide receiver at this level. Um, and I think, yes, they need, they need, yeah, he's a big wide receiver. They need one for Lamar Jackson because, yeah, the passing game has been a struggle for Lamar. They haven't had, gave him too many top of the end wide receivers. So, yeah, I think it'd be a heck of a pick for the Baltimore Ravens. To upgrade that offense and you know, that that in the core, um, I got him the the edge guy out of the Georgia. He's got a great first step. Um, he's quick. They just they need another edge guy. I feel like I know their defense is good, um, but I feel like he's still on. If um is on the board still, I feel like the Ravens pick him up here um, and upgrade that defense just a little bit more. With the 28th overall pick, that is the New Orleans Saints. And if I look at the Saints, their roster isn't as good because they had a loose state because they were had major cap issues. They had to cut, you had to get rid of guys like Quan Alexander, Anjanoris Jenkins, and uh, Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Ted, uh, Ted, I don't know if they kept Hendrick. I'm not sure if they kept Hendrick or not. I think they had to get rid of him too. So uh, they've had to get a lot of rid of a lot of guys on that roster because uh, because they were they they were. And they lost Emmanuel Sanders too, so they they lost a lot of guys from last year because of their cap issues. So with this pick, and obviously Drew Brees retired, so with this pick, 
I got the Saints taking another weapon. I, Michael Thomas has had last year it's some issues staying healthy. Obviously, Calvin Kamara is one of the best backs in the league, but I, I have the Saints take another pass catcher because they lost Emmanuel Sanders and they lost Jared Cook. So, with the 28th overall pick and my mock draft, I got the Saints taking Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I think he'd be a nice slot receiver. Uh, you could definitely, you could definitely, uh, Definitely a good compliment to Michael Thomas, who's a who's a bigger receiver. I think that uh, that is bigger possession receiver. I feel like that uh, Elijah Moore is that slot receiver that could really help Jameis Winston. Yeah, I um, I, I like Elijah Moore. Um, he'd definitely be yeah. Jason's right. The man is yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, and that's why Old Miss. You look at it. DK Metcalf, uh, AJ Brown, uh, Elijah Moore. I'm telling you, if the Patriots took one of those two receivers, Tom Brady might still be a Patriot now. That, that's the reality of the situation. Not to get off yeah. topic there, but yeah, but yeah, old Miss receivers, they have, they have panned out. So if you get Elijah Moore, there's a good chance that that one, that he will pan out. Yeah. I love treadmill, treadmill two out of coming out of old Miss, but yeah, too bad with the injuries just had did not work out for him, unfortunately, but yeah, he's a slack guy. And, he, and then he's, he's still dynamic downfield. Um, he's another guy that just, Again, he can just burn you with speed. Um, he's been a guy too that has stayed healthy. You know, he's been reliable. Um, and yeah, he's 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 a tough wide receiver too. You know, gets up from big hit. You know, takes it off. Um, he's just so explosive. And I, I, if the Saints grab a lot more there, that would be a really really nice fit there. Yeah, you you said it with him and Michael Thomas. Um, that'd be his, you know be a big help there for Jameis Woodson. I have him going the defensive side and getting Zadie and Collins out of the linebacker out of Tulsa here. Good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think linebacker is something that they, that, that, they, that they need um, his size. He's athletic. The guy, he's got good hands too. He had four interceptions. Um, he's a ball Hawk. The instincts needs a little bit of work here. Um, but I think it'd be a really, really nice pick for the New Orleans Saints to get your go defense here. Um, and kind of, again, defense has been, they've been really good the last few years and that him kind of to bring him out. Um, and he's, he can, he can be a pastor as a two at the linebacker position. He's pretty good at that. So, um, I, I think Collins could be a very nice fit there in, in New Orleans. With the 29th overall pick, that is the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Packers don't make the same mistake they did last year. Not take, not giving Aaron Rodgers another weapon. I mean, the Jordan Love pick, he could be good, but that made no sense. They really should have taken – I would have taken T. Higgins with that pick in that spot. So with with the 29th overall pick, I got the Packers taking a weapon. I, I think they learned from last year, and and, I, and they need they need that weapon to, uh, to get them over the top. And uh, I got – with that pick, I got the Packers taking Rashard Bateman out of Minnesota. I got Rashard Bateman going to the Packers as the 29th pick in my mock draft. Justin, your thoughts? And who do you got the Packers taking at 29? I, yeah, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, obviously. I heard a lot this morning. It sounds like the Packers done their homework on him, and, and they do like him. So if he falls there, I definitely could see them grabbing him. Yeah, you know, they, they need to help out Rodgers. They really have not done that in, in the draft before. Um, I, I would hope they learn the lesson and get Bateman because I think being nice to get for Rodgers there with Devontae Adams, they, they need a number two guy. For him, and I think Bateman would fit that very, very well. I do have him going wide receiver as well, but I have him getting Terrence Marshall out of LSU. Um, he's still there. His route running is great. You know, again, he's got great hands. He's a great route runner. Um, 
again, he, he's a good he's a good blocker too um, for wide receiver, and he's a deep threat. And, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, wants to throw deep ball there with with Adams. I think those two, Marshall and Adams, could be a really special combo out there in, up in uh, Lambeau. Absolutely, absolutely. The 30th overall pick goes to the Buffalo Bills, who got to the AFC Championship game last year. But a big reason why they had trouble against Kansas City was they had trouble running the football. Josh Allen was one-dimensional. They couldn't keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And I know it's between the edge rusher and the, and the, and the running back, and I think they're going to judge the edge rusher later in the draft. So with the 30th overall pick, I got the Buffalo Bills taking Travis Etienne, uh, obviously the running back from Clemson, with that selection. So I got the Bills taking ETN with the 30th overall pick. Justin, your thoughts on the pick? And who do you got the Bills taking at 30? Yeah, I like um, Travis ETN. He's, obviously, he can do it all in the backfield. Um, you know, he had 14 touchdowns this year in 12 games. He had almost 1,000 yards rushing once again. Um, he's been a phenomenal back, and he's a great pass catcher too. Um yeah, they didn't, you know, um, the Bills, yeah, they didn't give the ball a ton there to Zach Moss last year. But, um, look, to add him with that, adding, like, another complimentary guy with Singletary and Zach Moss, I think it would be a really nice nice piece there for the Bills to get Travis Etienne um, and, and build up that running back kind of room there. Um, so, yeah, for Buffalo, be a nice guy. Um, I actually have him going defense, but I have him getting the second generational cornerback here, and it's Sante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. I know it's probably, yeah, they could go edge here, um, but I think he's still on the board. Um, he's a very good tackler. Um, he's he's great in the red zone, too. He's a great red zone um, cornerback. Um, I think they need another – I think it would be good for the Bills to get another cornerback piece for that team. Um, to help out on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he can also play in the special teams, too. He struggles to get off bigger blockers, but I think the Bills here would, with Samuel would be a very um, – could be a nice get for the Bills to up, get, upgrade that defense just a little bit more. Yeah, and Chase is being a little biased here with the Zach Moss stuff. You know, he just couldn't – at times he just couldn't get the job done. I know Dable likes to throw the ball a lot. I know they, they, the Bills, they, they, they like to throw the ball a lot. They didn't run the – they didn't try to run the ball as much. But c- come on now. To say they didn't give Zach, ball, uh, Zach Moss the ball enough was, was the reason they couldn't run. That's just being biased. And you're just being a Utah fan, okay? You're being biased with that comment. With the 31st overall pick, and this was the pick that was traded, the Chiefs traded to the Ravens on Friday. So the Ravens with their second first-round pick. And I think the clear and obvious need with them losing Matt Judon, with them losing Yannick Ndakwe was they need, they need that, uh, they need that edge rusher. And that's a big reason why I got them taking Xavier Collins with the number 31 overall pick. I know you got him going to the Saints. So what do you think of this about this pick for the Ravens? And who do you got at 31? Yeah, I'd like this pick as well for the Ravens, um, with Collins. Yeah, um, he's got to get a little bit – he's got to add some weight to him, but I think that's something, too, that will come in the weight room. But to add him with this defense, too, I think it would be a guy, too, that's got to learn instincts a little bit more. He's got to get better instincts. I think they'd be in the Ravens' locker room there, and that with that defense, I think could really, really help him out. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick there for the Baltimore Ravens. I have him going safety and Trayvon Mooring. He's still out there. I know wide receiver's probably a bigger get. It was – it was tough between him and Elijah Moore there, um, but I think you know it, Morning, the guy that I know you had him go in the mid first round, so I had him sitting there still. So I figured 
Raven probably go after him. Um, he's got a lot of range. He plays special teams. I think adding one more piece that secondary too for the Ravens defense um, could really help. Absolutely, and they do need a safety. They got two great corners, but they definitely need a safety. So good pick there. That pick definitely makes sense. With the last pick of the first round, that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the reason they're picking last is two reasons. They're the Super Bowl champs, and they got the, be- the – obviously the Super Bowl champs. That's why they're picking last. But why this pick is kind of, you know, tough to predict. It's tough to predict what they're going to do is is because they got the best roster in the league, and, and they pretty much don't have any holes on this football team. But I did find one area – what one area that could potentially be an area of need? Yeah, I'm not not quarterback because I think Brady's still going to play for another three three to four years the way he's playing right now. Uh, I'm going with defensive tackle. Nadamik and Sue played well last year, but he's starting to get old, and that's why with the 32nd overall pick, I got the Buccaneers taking Christian Barmore out of uh, Alabama. Same pick, the end of here. I got Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. Yeah, um, limited reps. He's got to get a little bit more playing time, but. Look, Al, you know, Alabama defenders usually in that fall usually have panned out, but he's got a lot of power. He's got strong hands. He's 6'5, 310. I think, yeah, I think that's like the, I wouldn't call it a, a need for the, or yeah, that's like the one kind of hole right now. It seems like the Bucks need. Um, and I think he'd fill in very nicely in that Tampa Bay defense. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that'll conclude our mock draft. We're going to shift over to baseball. We got a couple of young stars who've been playing great, and we had a great pitching performance last week. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's OB's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. Let me tell you one thing before we get in, we get into baseball. OB definitely picked the right year to do that podcast because mm. you know, if he did that last year or even the year before, that would not have been a good year to start that podcast. He definitely picked the right year to start that podcast with the Red Sox being in first place. And talking about the Red Sox, uh, they, they 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 play the Mets this week. We got two local teams going at it. Last last night, the Red Sox won two to one. And uh, tonight, we got Jacob Degrom on the mound for the Mets. Jacob Degrom, who was absolutely phenomenal Friday night, fifteen strikeouts, complete game. And I got to concede this, and I'm not I'm not going back. Jacob, you could write. Jace could write this down. He could. He could. Uh, he could save this video. He could show Joe. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball, and there is no debate about it. End of discussion. There is no debating it. This guy has been dominant, dominant for the last uh, four to five years. This guy has been amazing. I don't care about the win loss record. That stat is out of your control. Dinosaurs care about the win loss record because because they because they because they 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 they're, they go back to the days when you know pitchers pitched like you know pitchers always pitched you know eight or nine innings. It's different today with bullpen, a bad bullpen and a bad offense that's out of your control. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball, and there's no debate about it. He was phenomenal on Friday night with 15 strikeouts. He was absolutely he was, he was absolutely amazing. I mean, the guy was just. Okay, Jacob Kudrow could be your Gary Sanchez. Okay, all right. 
we'll do that. You should take up to Gronk and be with Jerry Sanchez. All right, we'll do that. But yeah, the guy was just phenomenal. The guy's just amazing. He's on the mound tonight against the Red Sox. Uh, great, great, great performance on uh, on uh, Friday night. I'll ask this question first. Do you agree with me? Is DeGrom the best pitcher in baseball? Yeah, I would love to say Garrett Cole, but uh, I can't. Jacob DeGrom is just so dominant. His whiff rate is at like 50% this year. Guys aren't even touching him. Do you, I heard I saw you know too. He's got two RBIs in the year, and he's only given up one run. And he's batting like 550 or whatever. Like he's, it's crazy. You, you know, in this day and age with so many um, you know, home run balls, and again, he doesn't leave anything over the plate. And if it is, it's it's unhittable. You know, you just miss it. So I, yeah, you know, his ERA is 0.30 right now. Um, he is just unbelievable to watch. And, it, again, if he gets more than two runs, th- like that's all the Mets have to do is score two runs for him, and he's going to get you the win every time out. I'd love to see Garrett Cole, though, and, and, and Jacob DeGrom, though, go, go up. Either in oh, July or September. When oh, that would be great. That would be great. That would, that would be absolutely phenomenal to watch those two pitchers go at it. And tonight, DeGrom's got a tough matchup against the Red Sox, a really good hitting team. How do you think DeGrom does against this Red Sox lineup tonight? It's going to be interesting. The, I think the first time around, I didn't even do very well. It's the second time it's where the Red Sox adjust to you. They, they always do better the second time around. The thing is with DeGrom, though, it's just nobody can figure him out. So I think I, I think he'd be very dominant against them. Um, I believe it's the first time the, the Red Sox are going to see him. So I, I think you know he's going to pick up another win. Prevet has been good, so... I think runs again are going to be at a premium tonight. It, it may again be like a two to one ball game, but I will say the Mets get it done tonight with the ground on the hill. I agree. I think the Mets win it. I think the Mets win it close. They get a couple key hits again. The Mets get a couple hits, key hits against Pavetta, and the ground continues to dominate. So I, I think the Mets win tonight. Moving on though to Fernando Tatis Jr. How good is this guy? I mean, the guy comes off the disabled list. Three games against the Dodgers. The guy hits five home runs. And against he's not doing this against you know terrible pitchers. He's doing this against the best pitchers in the game. He's doing this against the Walker Buellers. He's doing this against Clayton Kershaw. Four home runs against Kershaw and Buehler. That is absolutely phenomenal. I got this question for you, Justin, and I think it's a pretty easy question. Has he passed Mike Trout as a face of baseball? In my opinion, he clearly has. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, same. I think yeah, clearly. I think too with the way you know with the Padres, it's kind of. The young, super kind of exciting team. Um, I think he has it. Look, it, it's a shame that, again, all the games are at 10 o'clock and the MLB does a terrible job of promoting them um, on network TV or national TV. But, yeah, I, I think he is, you know, phenomenal. Again, that Friday night one was the anniversary at Dodger Stadium with that at two grand slams in an inning. So um, he hit two home runs, Dodger Stadium, that hits two grand slams and, you know, one inning the same night, I think. 22nd year anniversary. I think he did it back in 99. Is that? Yeah, so, I remember when Vlad hit hit those hit those grand slams. I remember that. Yeah, so um, it's kind of really. I, I mean, I mean, it was Tatis's yeah. Tatis. I, I, I was we're talking I, about the guy we we're going to talk about next. Yeah, but Tatis, yeah, I remember I, I, hit those grand slams. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I knew you were talking about, but yeah. Um, so it, it was a cool moment. Yeah, to take the Dodgers five times, five home runs there against them. Um, big big weekend for him. So I, I definitely think he's a face baseball. He's a phenomenal player. And yeah, you got a, a camera, got a camera from JC. He's on the cover MLB of the show. You can't be more of the face of the sport than being on a cover. Absolutely. Jace hit, Jace hit that in the head 100%. He's got the swag. The guy, I'll tell you, when Fernando Tatis is up, I'm not missing that bat. I'm stopping whatever I'm doing. If they're on TV and Tatis is up, 
I am not missing an at-bat. He's the one player in baseball I am never missing an at-bat if they're on TV and he's up. I'm never missing a Fernando Tatis Jr. at-bat. No, no, you can't because it's always exciting. And, again, he bring, he brings some flashiness to him, and, and I, I think which is kind of cool too. We, we know he had that incident last year, so, yeah, he hits a big home run, you know. Um, yeah, the flashiness too is there. He is must watch TV. Absolutely. We'll talk about another young player, and that's Vlad Guerrero Jr. Hit three home runs last night off of Max Scherzer. I don't know if they were all off of Max Scherzer, but three home runs last night. A couple of those were off Max Scherzer. He is he's he's right now hitting uh, 360, seven home runs, 19 RBIs. This guy, I remember watching him a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago at Dunkin' Donuts Park when he played for the Fisher Cats in New Hampshire. Two years later, he's up in the big leagues. And now he's a star. He's a star in the big leagues. Right now, he's he's moving up there for American League MVP. I think I think he's a very he's a, he's a strong candidate for AL MVP right now, for the way that uh, Guerrero is playing. Definitely, you know, uh, two of them were against sure that the last one was Kyle um, Fanigan. Okay, so he, right. he got two okay. off his, which I guess um, Scherzer I guess has struck out his father before, but uh, something his father never accomplished. Three of them were into the game for his Hall of Fame. You know, something that uh, junior great career. There. Great career. Never never had three homers in a game, though. No, so that, that that was true. That period he had at least one, but he did not. So um, yeah, he's been again losing losing the weight there has really, really helped his game out. Um and this guy, I think, has been more disciplined too. I feel like I think first year he really showed that. But that base is that grand slam he had, he had a great at bat against Scherzer, took him uh the full count. Um he's just yeah, he's becoming a better player. And he's the guy that, yeah, you hope him and Bichette and Biggio all pan out because that team is that team is going to be very exciting to watch for years to come with all three of those generational guys. And if they can be anything like their fathers, um, they're they're going to be phenomenal players. And they're, oh, they're already, I guess they're already kind of getting there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Both both these big time young players, you know, Fernando Tatis, his dad played for the Cardinals. Obviously, Vlad Guerrero, Hall of Famer, played as his dad played for the Angels and played for the Expos. So, you know, both both sons of, of great players and both are great young players. But the last question I'll ask is, uh, who would you take right now, Tatis Jr. or Vlad or, or Vlad Guerrero Jr.? I got to go Tatis Jr. It's close, but I'm going Tatis Jr. Yeah, I think I take Tatis as well. I, it is obviously close, um, but yeah, I, I think Tatis right now. We've seen a little bit more from Tatis and we have Vlad Guerrero, but obviously it's so close. Those those two are um two of the best right now in Major League Baseball. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll wrap up the show talking a little bit of NBA and we gotta talk about the Wash the Washington Wizards, and they've been red hot. They've won eight out of nine. They lost that game against the Spurs in, in overtime, but Beal and Westbrook, they're starting to play really, really well. And I just think right now there's no reason at all this team should not get into the playing tournament. They should beat out the Raptors, they should beat out the Bulls. They should be the number 10 seed minimum in the Eastern Conference, the way they're playing right now. Yeah, you know, they're, they've won eight out of 10. Um, yeah, Beal has been on fire. Westbrook's have been on fire. I worry about their defense. They don't play much of that. And I know in the NBA, you, you know, you don't need the defense nowadays. But, look, you, you, you score 143 points, you should be able to win that game. I don't care if it goes to overtime. You still need to win that game. Um but yeah, they've been on red, they've been on fire recently. Um, I love the ups, you know. I thought Ru Hakamura has gotten really good. You know, he's really developed this year. They got a tough schedule in the month of May here. They still yeah. have Dallas, 
Dallas, uh, Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee, Dallas, Indiana, uh, Lakers tonight. Even though it, with and AD starting to get better, yeah, so it definitely yeah. is a tough schedule. But I still think with the way Beal and Westbrook are playing, they're going to get the number ten seed. Yeah, I, I think they should be able to. The Bulls have not been good recently. Um, the Raptors have been so up and down, or so down this year. Um, I, I don't think see them really. They could make a run, but I don't see it happening. So, yeah, I think I don't think they're going to pass the Pacers, but I think they will get the 10 seed in, in the tournament. Yeah, and they'll be a fun team to watch. I think the plan tournament, the Eastern Conference is going to be fun to watch. You know, the Hornets, they're going to get uh, LaMelo Ball back. You got, you know, the Wizards with with Westbrook. Hopefully the Wizards and Westbrook make it with with, uh, with Westbrook and Beal. You got the Knicks are going to be back in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, you'll still have the Celtics. You got, obviously, the, the big three with the with the, Nat, the Nets, Bucks, and uh, Sixers. You'll have the Heat. So it'll be a very, very interesting Eastern Conference. It'll be very interesting in the Eastern Conference in the postseason this year. Probably the most interesting it's been in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know the clear cut favorite here is the Nets, but yeah, you know, obviously Sixers, the Bucks have some talent. You know, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks this year have been a great story, and then also with Atlanta with Trey Young, they they played a lot better. Um, you know, you hope Trey Young's back before then. I, I think he should be, but yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. I think you know. The four through six again. Celtics in there at the six seed. I don't, you know, again they have the talent to kind of make a run there, but we haven't seen it yet. But you know, Tatum, Brown, and Kemba can all get going. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a team that could that can go on a run, even the Heat. So yeah, it's gonna be very entertaining. And you know, again, I don't know if anybody can beat the Nets in this conference, but there could be some chaos before the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see what happens, we'll be, and we'll be talking about it. Every every week for, for for the next two months. So we'll be talking about the NBA every week for the next couple of months. So we'll see what happens there. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. First, we got to give a huge, huge, uh, we got to give a huge thanks to Jace Garcia, all the work he did, uh, put putting our uh, putting our mock draft up on the ticker. He did a great job producing. He does a great job producing every show, but he did an outstanding job producing today. So th- big thanks to Jace Garcia today, our producer, and for Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week uh, recapping the draft and talking any MLB and, and, and NBA news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hi, my name is Zach LaPlante. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinions and share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality, and their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.